Welcome to Transform and Thrive. Your host, Helen Lee, examines the opportunities and practical solutions for individuals and organizations to transform and thrive in these times. She shares her wisdom and that of other changemakers impacting our world. Tune in for innovative and holistic tools and empowering strategies to reinvent yourself and or your organization and flourish in a world facing different crises. Hi, this is Helen Lee. Welcome to Transform and Thrive. I have here two very, very special guests from Ukraine. Um, Maxim, how do I say your surname? Maxim Dondyuk. Dondyuk, okay. I, I just didn't have the confidence to say it myself. Yeah, and his lovely wife, Irina, who is also his manager. Now, a little bit about Maxim. He is a Ukrainian photographer and visual artist. He has been following the socio-political events in his country for years. He made the photo book Culture of Confrontation about the, is that the Maidan Revolution? Yeah, it's during Maidan Revolution, yeah. In 2013, in which the central theme was the clash of different cultural systems. The cultural dichotomy between Soviet and European values remains at the heart of his work. Now, Maxim, who got world fame, I am quoting uh, some this from, from a magazine, you know, so uh, that's kind of what, how they put it, uh, who got world fame with his interviews on CNN and his publications in Time magazine. And then I added uh, other things like the Spiegel, the British Journal of Photography, uh, etc., is working on the ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine photographing cruel atrocities which are hard to behold. Welcome, Maxim and Ivina. Hello. Hello, and thank you for inviting us here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pleasure for us. For, for, for me too, really. Um, and I'm so, so grateful that I finally got hold of both of you. Yeah. Now, obviously, uh, what we are here to talk about is the conflict in your country and uh, you having covered it, you know, um, extensively and also Irina managing the entire thing without you, uh, it would also be difficult for Maxim, am I right? Yeah, yeah, just I, mostly I'm only take picture and uh, another and editing and all work do only Irina. <laughs> only you're so humble you're out there in, in... i'm just take picture and send to irina and even don't care about what happened with picture after <laughs> no irina was oh. love you with so I'm, I'm grateful for that um what is happening in ukraine like i mentioned earlier is uh, relevant not only for ukrainians but for all of humanity and the whole world all living things are connected and what happens to some people affects everyone else in some way or other. And we need to raise our level of consciousness to be a whole lot more mindful of how we treat each other, all human beings and all that lives and breathes, including our lands and waters, all flora and fauna. Hence, that made me, or rather, it made me really delighted when I discovered that you, Maxim, have a teacher um, who is a Buddhist monk and teaches you the Vipassana meditation, that in fact, 
you spent three years in uh, Thailand, Laos, and uh, Vietnam, did you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you meditate as well, Irina? No, unfortunately not. Uh, for the moment, only yoga. Uh, but only, that's great. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm trying to start also. Okay, no, you, you, you seem, I've seen you in the interviews as well. You seem very calm, you know, and you both seem uh, like a very loving couple. How do you manage to work together, especially in this kind of situation where there's a war going on? Uh, we started our work together like in 2014. And uh, from that moment, uh, from time to time, uh, we have some difficulties, of course, uh, during the work. But uh, in general, we just try to support each other in uh, every in every step, uh, whether Maxim needs my help or whether I need his help. So uh, we just like uh, divided uh, our work on two different uh, parts. Maxim make photos. Uh, he thinks about projects. Uh, I help him with uh, distribution with. Uh, uh, taking the, his work to the audience, to the world. To and show this communication, yes. because for me, during this year, I think I can cover this war, but sometimes I sleep only two, three hours per day, and it wasn't possible even talk with people or send a picture or uh, reply to a message. So Rina just manage all email or social media or communication, and I just uh, talk with people during like some video call or mobile phone. But Rina tried to do everything because for me it wasn't possible even just reply to email sometimes during this period, unfortunately. Yeah. Of course, uh, in such situation like war, it's much more uh, complicated because, especially if it's in, in your own country. So uh, we are all affected, and it's uh, much harder uh, emotionally uh, to work yeah. with all this. So uh, this is why we try to help each other all the time. I think that's wonderful, and I read somewhere. Uh, I think it's on your page, Maxim, that. In the, the first month of the war, it was really very difficult emotionally, you know, and you, you use the word, you know, emotional or, or the term emotional explosion even. So yeah, it, you... it was hard because before I had experience, I covered this war decade from revolution from 2013 on 2014. I spent the whole year in the front line. But when you saw dead soldier or wounded soldier, it's not like it's hard. But when you saw just normal city, Kiev, and I just saw first uh, wounded um, child who was died after next day in some intensive care um, in hospital, and it was just shelling of Russian missiles. Yeah, missiles. Um, it's horrible when you saw citizens, child's death because some country try to show their power. Even I cannot understand what they want. They just want to, it's like genocide. They just want to destroy our culture, our language. They say, yeah, you can be independent, but you should to be pro-Russian. You should to use our history, our language, everything ours. So it means like uh, they want to destroy our culture. They're against our culture. And we even cannot, uh, we try to be independent. We try to decide our way in this history, in the present moment. 
but looks like we have big brother who just say no 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 we decide what you what you will do yeah. it's hard it's hard it's hard when you saw in first months only because first months i saw only civilian deaths wounded destruction in the city in normal city uh in Kharkiv I saw in hospital people without two legs who just sleep in imagine you sleep in your apartment or in your house and wake up in the hospital without two legs or without legs and arm only because of some it's I'm not against of only Putin because you should understand Bucha and another situation and not because Putin called to every soldier and say used woman killed child no it's it's about all nations not maybe about 100 percent uh, but about main uh part of russian uh mentality because uh, now they looks like barbarians they soldier and even their uh wife and mother because i know russian language and i can see a lot of uh, youtubes or tv or social media from another side from russian side and they hate us they really hate us and they really happy about that they killed a lot of civilians people and child it's 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 even not war, I, war I, when war is two army just fighting and they have even some rules but it's even not war because now they cannot broke our line in front and they just uh, shelling our city in everywhere and try to cut electricity, heat, water, because they say, okay, we don't want to fight and win in front line. So we destroyed you and we'll see how this winter will be for you. It's horrible. So it's going to be worse this coming winter, would it? Yeah, it will be uh, because they decided, as Maxim said, to destroy all the um, power stations, um, all the electricity. Uh, so, yeah, so to make this winter as hard as it's possible for us. During the last two weeks, they destroyed 40% of our plants uh, or electricity. So now some periods in every city light switch off and everybody tried to care about gas about electricity about heat and so it's horrible even not in front line even normal city and every day sirens and somebody died because they used a lot of missile and what happened at the end of september or early very early october when uh I think something to do with some pipeline and then it that really escalated everything. Is that correct? Yeah, it's what happened after Ukrainian army liberate big part of Kharkiv area. And Russia army understands that now Ukrainian army not weak. Now Ukrainian army really motivated uh, and uh, uh, good quality and NATO, America and West countries support with equipments and intelligence support us so we can liberate because before they think they can just all, all the time counter advance and now they're angry it's like some angry man who tried to do something and somebody beat him or something do they angry but not, they cannot do nothing in front line they try but it's not possible because now ukrainian army is strong and stronger we lost a lot of people but still 
looks like Ukrainian general uh, have a lot of support from West country and smarter because it's not about our country, our uh, army uh, smaller, but looks like smarter and use new technology like drones, like intelligent maps, like uh, set of uh, picture, like a lot satellite picture, a lot of thing. And now it's changed, really changed war because they have a lot of equipments and a lot of soldier, but with stupid strategy, it's they cannot do nothing. They just lost more than, I don't know, but approximately more than 60,000 of people during uh, seven and now in eight months. And it's, it's, they, they lost less uh, during Afghan war. Uh, it was 10 years or in Chechnya. So they, they tried to do like in, uh, during second war when Soviet Union fight and sometimes soldiers do without weapons. So just like, I don't know. Try to do everything with the soldier and don't count people. And Russia do the same. They don't count. And now we, everybody know who just following the situation. Now they mobilize people in Russia. It means they really lost a lot of people. Why they need mobilized people if uh, everything okay? It's, it means they're angry. And then try to destroy uh, our city because they need that people go from Ukraine to Europe and destroy the economic system in Europe if a lot of refugees, few million people go to Europe and also just start maybe civilian pressure to government, please stop this war, we are just, we are afraid, but they don't understand our mentality, we just... Mm, Ukrainians, Ukrainians will never stop and they will never say that, uh, okay, we're exhausted, we lost a lot of uh, um, people, we don't want this war anymore, okay, let's talk. Ukrainians won't do this anyway, uh, so, and Russians can't understand this. Because uh, the whole, uh, our whole history of uh, existence of Ukraine, uh, we all the time are fighting for our freedom. Uh, so, and Russian, uh, they think that we are very similar to them, but we are not. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, it's it's our history and uh, for in your country or another country, nobody know, but our confrontation may be uh, century. It's not like even now started. It was happened in last century, so it's more than 300 uh, years we fight in can Russia Empire and Russia and Soviet Union, of course, it's huge countries like China or like America. And all the time they just uh, uh, or destroy or win us. And we have huge, huge history about our resistance. And everybody understand if now we just make some peace after decade, they again start this war. They do it all the time. So and now we saw that russia huge country but we saw it's some weak because of big corruption we saw with their army maybe not so professional not good quality equipments and i don't know but i think just uh, now ukrainian try to do something for liberated area because it's really important to liberate this area uh, for us, and we can do it how we saw. We liberated Kyiv in North Kyiv area, we liberated a uh, Kharkiv area, and it's only 40 kilometers uh, near Russian border. It's like not possible. I, I was so surprised when it's happened. It was a smart decision from general. They 
did a lot of tricks for for Russians. So yeah, and uh, and now maybe I don't know. I am not sure, but maybe in South area in Kherson area also will be liberated. Some not maybe not the whole, but yeah, and. Uh, so looks like Russia understand it, mobilized people and tried destroyed our city because they cannot uh, win us in the battlefield. Mm. Is it true that um, Russia is split in terms of, you know, like um, some are really against this war and they are trying to escape uh, having to be, to be conscripted and to fight in the war? and the other half want to fight. Is that true? Yeah, it's really true, but uh, I don't think that half-half. Uh, I think uh, most of uh, Russian citizens, they want this war. Uh, maybe because of these uh, like, uh, years of propaganda, of Russian propaganda, which they have. Maybe not, I don't know. But uh, they are really happy, they were really happy with the, the annexation of the Crimea, and they really think that it's their territory. Uh, they are really happy about this war and they think uh, that uh, Ukraine as a country never existed and uh, we are part of uh, their country and we need to be back. And uh, They believe in all that uh, stupid uh, things which Russian propaganda says uh, on TV and so on. Uh, but of course there are uh, those uh, people, intelligent people, I think, who uh, who are against this war, who understand uh, that uh, it's not uh, those things which Putin says it's not true, and uh, they need to think clearly about everything what happens. And of course, they try to resist. They try to resist uh, during social media uh, during um, some uh, uh, events, uh, so on, uh, abroad or in Russia, but it's very, very small percentage, unfortunately. Mm. So that's why it's very difficult uh, to change something, because most of Russians, they are still silent. They either silent or they support this war. Yeah, I want to add because Rina younger than me, and even my just during childhood and school history was changed. It was uh, changed, uh, and I couldn't read real history. Even uh, we thought that Second World started and uh, forty uh, first uh, uh, 1930-31 uh, year, not like. Uh, we don't know that firstly Soviet Union was uh, make some friendship with Germany. So they just clean history, propaganda, just control everything, TV, books, radio. And you should understand only three or four, maybe even three millions people just now uh, uh, immigrate from Russia. But in Moscow, 10 million people live. So it's nothing for Russia. It's even not one percent. And then other people, even if they want to go to travel on other countries, they don't have money. They just don't have money even for food. If you just arrive to Russia, not Moscow or Peter, because it's like independent country. In normal Russia, it's really, really poor country. Sometimes people even don't have 
toilet or water in their house. They need to go to some outside or something else. And people believe, people still living in Soviet Union mentality, and people believe that they wrote uh, destruction or they don't have a lot of money because of NATO or European country or the whole world against of them. They even cannot understand it's because of corruption. Because Russia is rich country, it's richest country, it's one of the richest countries in the country, I mean about gas, yeah, in the war. But they just, a lot of people steal, all government people steal this money. And uh, yeah, but even we know if just something happened in Myanmar or happened in China, people who immigrate to another country make some meetings, some protests in Paris or in New York. But do you, did you see any protest of Russian people who go to Europe? No. who against of Putin and now live in Europe, they do any protest? No, they just go to Europe because it's better life. And they have some, uh, now uh, they have some, uh, it's easy for them. They say, oh, I'm against of Putin and go to Germany and Germany even support. Germany support not only Ukrainian people, they also support Russian immigrants. And for some people who have money, of course, it's easy way to immigrate. But why they don't make any protest against Putin, against the war in Europe with Russian I've, I've seen some young, young Russians do that. But, it's, but it's small, maybe. Yeah, small. It's, it's, yeah it's not like three million people who go to Europe, go to, I don't know, 10,000 people or 100,000 or even, even 20,000 people go to, I don't know, Paris or Berlin in main square with Russian flag and Ukrainian flag and say, we're against of this war. No, never. So their mentality is still afraid of Putin and regime. And they just, and even we don't know if they against of uh, this war or they just find some solution living in the better country. Yeah. Yesterday I was quite shocked when I heard uh, from this young uh, Ukrainian who lives here. Uh, he, he talked to me about um, the terror famine in the early 30s. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it goes, I, I forget the, the, the whole word, it, the whole name for that. It starts with H, it's a Ukrainian word. Yeah, go. Holodomor. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh, one of the most uh, terrible uh, pages of our history. And uh, right at the moment, again, this is uh, what Maxim told that uh, Russian propaganda tries to uh, change the history. And right at the moment, uh, they are changing this history again. And they're telling that uh, Ukraine didn't uh, have any problems uh, at that period and that Ukraine wasn't so poor. Uh, they have all the food and there were not so many victims uh, so that other countries uh, had much worse situation at that moment. Which no, is I, I read that there were millions of Ukrainians being yeah. killed. Yes, right? millions, and millions. Yes. This and even this, in, in even this area of Donbass, which now uh, Russia say it's Russian, it's only Russian people live this because in this uh, area now a lot of people talk Russian. 
because most speak Russia, because mostly during Golodomor, it was before it was only Ukrainian uh, speaking area, and people die, and they they and they send uh, and they send uh, uh, a lot of Russian people from the whole Soviet Union to this area because it was mine, it was cold, and so a lot of uh, factory. But before, if you read books or painter or writer from this area, it was only Ukrainian speaking area. Yeah. So they just change, they change everything. They just try to, during the whole Soviet Union period, they tried to clean our, uh, delete our, earth, our culture, our right. history. They just tried to say, no, Ukrainian is even not existed. It's just part of Russia. Yeah. Uh, well, it is, as you mentioned earlier, you know, like uh, before we, we started recording um, about, you know, it being a genocide. And uh, this is actually uh, that there's a, an American professor at Yale University who, who yeah. talks about this. And it's even on YouTube, the lectures on this, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's... It, for, for me, I'm on the side of humanity um, uh, rather than a nation. But uh, if one nation is doing, is committing these things, then it is against humanity um, and um, it needs to be corrected basically because we are moving towards a time when there has to be freedom for and justice and equality for all. You know, mm -hmm. uh, not only all human beings, but even all living things. You know, yeah, yes. Uh, not 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 humans above. You know, animals, for instance. Yeah, yeah. It's it's best. It's best think about human is better than animal, but or. Yeah, this is uh, this is what uh, we were uh, like. We found this uh, type of thinking when we moved to Asia, because, uh, as Maxim says, European uh, type of uh, thinking is totally different. It's very pragmatic, and uh, like human is above everything. Human but, between God and animals, and yeah. just like second year. But uh, Asia, it's uh, it was uh, like so. Uh, um, this part of the world lives in harmony with nature, with uh, with everything uh, which exists in the world, and this is. To, to be fair, Irina, it depends on on which Asians and which part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also want to just because yeah. you have experience yeah. about yeah. not yeah. all Asia. Okay. And if you go to China, you see it's different. Uh, yes, yes. In different China. Yeah. Or North North Korea, you see completely different yeah. situation. Well, so I, I think but maybe Buddhist China, maybe Asia, which just with Buddhism, maybe they just closer to nature because uh, human is just part of nature. It's not like independence or like some god. It's just part. We nature not needed us. We can just uh, die, and nature and our well, planet can continue yes. living without us. 
Absolutely, the, the the earth will recover. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is what uh, we can uh, see on uh, the story with Chernobyl. Like uh, it's uh, thirty years have passed, or thirty five years have passed since the explosion. And uh, when you come to Chernobyl now, you can see a lot of animals, a lot of birds, uh, like thriving uh, plants, uh, so ever. But people still can't live there. So nature and our world, even after the most terrible uh, atomic bomb, will still survive and will thrive uh, in some dozens of years. But people, this is the only who will die and who will suffer from their doings. So yeah, we need to, to understand this finally and to find a way to change our behavior. To change. How we can understand it if <laughs> one country fight against another, if one human... One people just try to kill another people because they have different meaning. They have different thoughts. They have different language, culture, or religion, or I don't know, even color of uh, skin. So it's stupid. How humanity can respect nature and animal if they not respect each other? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. What do you think will happen? Maybe that's like a... I don't know, $10 million question, but what do you think will happen? Happen with, uh, with the Ukrainian situation? Or with people. Yes. With Ukrainian. Do you feel hopeful? Do you feel um, apprehensive? How do you feel? So I think it's a situation, uh, I'm sure, I don't know why, I'm sure it's ending, this situation end immediately during one day i don't know how something happened and next day war finish but and when, when do you think when do you feel it will happen it's i don't know because it depends because ukrainian will resist how long they can resist so it's mostly depends how strong russia how their economic how their society People want to fight and death because after every month, a lot of mother and wife go to the cemetery, to their husband, to their son. So it depends now how strong also Russia, because for us, we can, yeah, for us, we cannot go to another country. We live in our country. We protect our home. We don't have choice. Even if we don't, if we even want to stop this war we couldn't my uh city and my house now occupied in russian area i cannot come back to house of my parents i evacuate my parents and now they're homeless even if we stop this war my hometown occupied with russian flag my house now start shelling and a little bit destroying and all my stuff in this area so uh, we don't have any choice and we decide to resist how long we can resist. So I think about this period, it's maybe about how long Russia want to fight. Maybe they want to do like in Chechnya, 10 years fight, because for Putin, he don't care about it. I, I'm sure he, he can continue this war long, I don't know, 10 years, five years, he don't care about money. So it's maybe a question about 
people who live in Russia and uh, business in Russia, because uh, if uh, European Union and West country and another country, I don't know, maybe some Asian country, continue these sanctions and everything, uh, soon Russia will be like North Korea, bigger, but not like North Korea. And I don't know, I don't know. So, but I'm sure it was like during our revolution, it was three months revolution and nobody even exists that this revolution stopped. And next morning, our president evacuated to the Russian and revolution stopped. So I'm sure something happened like this or bad for Ukrainian or good for Ukrainian. Maybe, I don't know, but we don't have choice. We don't know how we can stop this war because for us need to liberate because they occupied 20% of our, or our area second times. And if now we just uh, sign some peace, we know after five years or 10 years, they try to occupate more area. So it's maybe question about people who live in Russia or people who evacuate from Russia or from business. But I think we understand that Putin maybe lost mind or they or he want to make something for history. So he don't want to stop. And he have resource continue this war. Of course, it was war situation for normal people in Russia because a lot of people will be mobilized and economic down, everything down. But he have money for army so he can continue this uh, war and he'd have money for their life for good life in his, in his palace or something else and don't care about normal people so it's question about normal people if they agree about it once again i would like to reiterate how grateful i am to have had this interview with maxim and irina donduk together they are raising the awareness of what is actually taking place in their country through Maxim's photographs and visual art. And as the late Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh put it, awareness is like the sun. When it shines on things, they are transformed. Maxim's work has been exhibited internationally and has won several awards, the most recent of which is the W. Eugene Smith Grant in Humanistic Photography for his project Ukraine 2014 to 2022. He has chronicled Ukraine's long-lasting battle for its real independence, national identity and freedom, and continues to do so, documenting current events and what he sees as the present battle between Soviet and European values. As Luke Harding, the Guardian's foreign correspondent writes, this current conflict is Europe's biggest war since 1945 and an existential struggle for Ukrainians against a new but familiar Russian imperialism. The letter was very evident when speaking with both Maxim and Irina. I can totally understand why Ukrainians feel compelled to stand up and fight for their freedom and independence. It is vital for all human beings to be in our power, not power over others, 
but power to be ourselves, to live our lives as we see fit, to neither be dominated nor to dominate. This is true for us as individuals in our daily lives as well. When we know who we really are, not merely the human personality, but the soul and spirit or pure consciousness that we all are, we would not only give ourselves the freedom we are meant to have, but to others as well, humans, animals, all living things. I often talk about how we are all interconnected. For many, the pandemic has certainly proved that that and now this war as well. So we need to be aware of what's going on and how it's impacting all of us as well as the role we can play in co-creating a totally different world from a much higher level of consciousness than humanity has now. A recent Guardian article talks about how this war has gone to shatter the authority of the UN, undermine the climate change fight, inflate global food prices, create a huge refugee emergency, bolster Europe's and America's far-right, spark cultural and sports boycotts, and harm international cooperation as far as outer space, as well as rocking global energy supplies and markets in previously unimagined ways. In addition, it is said that the decision by OPEC plus Russia to cut global oil production could greatly exacerbate Europe's problems this winter, causing serious hardship. Yet EU attempts to cap gas and oil prices are bedeviled by national differences. So unity seems to be the key to deal with the various repercussions of this war, as well as to stop the war itself. But are human beings ready to think unity conscious, consciousness and act accordingly? Have we begun to learn to truly cooperate and collaborate, to think we rather than just me and my own interests, first and foremost and always? Are we still coming from a scarcity consciousness where we fear we are not enough or do not have enough and cannot share and love freely? Loving freely means having an open heart and expanded consciousness that includes loving ourselves unconditionally and loving all living things. The more we can love and honor ourselves greatly, the more we can love others too. And the better we'd get at freeing ourselves and giving freedom to others as well, with sacred respect for ourselves and others at the same time. It does not ever mean that we don't drop and keep healthy boundaries because not everyone is ready to live this way. The reason why I'm talking about all this here is that when we successfully and increasingly do this en masse worldwide, there would not be any war. So we actually have the power to together prevent wars 
prevent future pandemics, to eliminate poverty and hunger, to thrive greatly, both individually and collectively. And we are called to exercise this power now by coming into increasing alignment internally and being more and more of our true self, allowing the true greatness that we all have within us to take charge and lead our lives and our world. In this episode, Maxim referred to what happened in Busha, which is a suburb of Kiev. What took place there has been called a massacre. I brought up the terror famine, which is known as the Holodomor, which was a man-made famine in Soviet Ukraine from 1932 to 1933 that killed millions of Ukrainians. Maxim also talked about Donbass. There was an armed conflict in this region of Ukraine that formed part of the broader Russian-Ukrainian war. The International Crisis Group reported that between 2014 and early this year, more than 14,000 people have been killed in the Donbass region alone. Agreements that were signed between 2014 and 2015 by Russia, Ukraine, France and Germany greatly reduced the fighting, but they were never actually carried out. And the fighting merely morphed into a prolonged trench war that ruined Donbass's economy and heavy industries, forcing millions to relocate and turn the conflict zone into one of the world's most mine-contaminated areas. You can read up on Donbass, Busha, and the Holodomor, listen to part one of this interview, and the rest of it that follows, and decide for yourself what you stand for, how you want to show up in the world, what you aspire to be, the level of consciousness you want to rise up, Two, and the kind of difference you'd like to make. My previous interviews and solo episodes on this podcast, Transform and Thrive, have all been about us or humanity growing up, being our greatest selves, raising our consciousness individually and collectively to the extent that we can create a totally different and far more enlightened and loving, abundant and free world together. How we see our world and each other determines how we treat it, ourselves and others, all human beings and all living things, including our planet. If we can transform a what's-in-it-for-me attitude to a how-can-I-help mindset, as in help both myself and others and an exploitative perspective to one that is kind and generous because we have an abundance mentality and know that we always have more than enough and we have the power to create what we need whenever we need for our own good and the good of all. Enjoy this episode. And take and look out for a whole lot more of this interview 
which I enjoyed very much in conducting because it is such an important and meaningful conversation of great depth with two very special and loving souls who are pretty centered and balanced by any standards, and even more so considering that they are in the midst of a war and Maxim has spent so much time on the front line witnessing and documenting great atrocities almost all year. This is Helen Lee on the Transform and Thrive show, sending you so much love and wishing you endless possibilities of great joy and freedom, peace and abundance at all levels, now and always. Let's create a wonderful, kind and loving world together and great fulfillment and dreams come true for ourselves and others. Happy transforming and thriving. You most definitely have the power to do so masterfully and joyously. Thank you for joining me. Your presence is vital and very, very much appreciated as always. Bye for now. Bye.